0: Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for October 8th, 2023. Please join in our call to worship. Holy God, you not only comfort us, but you also challenge us. Your word awakes us to love justice. Lord, make us whole and keep us honest. Holy God, you bring justice to those who are marginalized. In our community, help us to be advocates of what is right. Lord, make us whole and keep us honest. May our worship this morning flow into our actions, our pocketbooks, our attitudes, and our relationships. Lord, make us whole and keep us honest. People of God, with what shall we come before the Holy One and bow ourselves before the Lord on high? God has shown us what is good. What does the Holy One require of us but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with our God? i he- Holy and righteous God, with the prophet Amos, we pray this for the world. Let justice roll down like a river, and righteousness like a never-failing stream. Amen. to God of work and rest, you have linked our lives one with another. All we do affects, for good or ill, all other lives. Guide us in the work we do that we may not do it for self alone, but for the common good. And as we seek a proper return for our own labor— Make us mindful of the rightful aspirations of other workers and arouse our concern for all who are out of work. Through Jesus Christ, carpenter, teacher, healer, beloved child of God. Amen. We continue our series, Faces of Our Faith, with the Daughters of Zelophehad. Our scripture is Numbers 27, 1-11. Then the daughters of Zelophehad came forward. Zelophehad was a son of Hefer, son of Gilead, son of Mechir, son of Manasseh, son of Joseph, a member of the Manassite clans. The names of his daughters were Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. They stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the leaders, and all the congregation at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and they said, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among the company of those who gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died for his own sin, and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be taken away from his clan because he had no son? Give to us a possession among our father's brothers. Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad are right in what they are saying. You shall indeed let them possess an inheritance among their father's brothers, and pass the inheritance of their father on to them. You shall also say to the Israelites, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall pass his inheritance on to his daughter. If he has no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to the nearest kinsmen of his clan, and he shall possess it. It shall be for the Israelites a statute and ordinance, as the Lord commanded Moses. Often in Scripture, women pass unnamed, like shadows. There was the widow of Zarephath, whose jug of oil and jar of flour never ran out. We don't know her name, only where she was from. Then there was Peter's mother-in-law, whom Jesus healed from a fever. Her story is told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but we are never told her name. The woman at the well has the longest conversation with Jesus recorded in Scripture. Too bad no one recorded her name. But the daughters of Zelophehad—Mala, Noah, Hugla. Milka and Tirzah are named. In fact, they are named more than once, five times in Scripture to be exact. Five times the daughters of Zelophehad are listed, Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirzah. As the saying goes, whenever women are named in the Bible, pay attention. Something is going on here. It was a time of change. To put this little story in context, the Lord has commanded Moses and Eleazar, the son of Aaron, to take a census of all the men of Israel, 20 years and older. They are about to enter the promised land after their 40-year sojourn in the desert. So all the fighting men are counted, 601,730 in all. Then God commands Moses to have the new land parceled out fairly among those men. To larger tribes, more land would be given. For smaller tribes, less land, and so on. And the inheritance rules are written out so that the tribal land will stay within that same tribe. All well and good, right? Except... Look, someone is standing at the door of the Tent of Meeting, demanding to be heard. Five someones, in fact. Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milcah, and Tirzah. For the daughters of Zelophehad, this was a risky move. Their petition not only challenged the property laws in ancient Israel— but also challenged their father's brothers who would have been the rightful inheritors of the land since their father had no sons. If Mala, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirza were granted the land, their uncles would receive less property. If they were not granted the land, the sisters would be beholden to the care of those whom they had challenged. In either case, by standing together and raising their voices, they risked being pariahs in their family and community. They risked being kicked out of the assembly and being told to go back to their tent. They risked being told that women are to be seen and not heard. They risked their uncles cutting them off because they were mad. They risked losing everything. Risky as it was, the daughters of Zelophehad made their demands. I wonder which was most surprising, that the daughters of Zelophehad demanded their rights as heirs of their father, that Moses took their demands seriously, or that God asserted that the women were right. Because God immediately answered and changed the law for all time, that daughters had the right to inherit. These daughters had chutzpah. Hutzpah is a Yiddish word from Hebrew, which means extreme self-confidence or audacity. Other words that describe this quality are boldness, nerve, guts, cheek, and gall. As you can tell, chutzpah is not always received positively. But chutzpah was what was needed to do the asking, and chutzpah is what the daughters possessed. They were willing to stand up and be counted. It took nerve, it took daring. It took tremendous courage to stand against the tide. Not everyone has the courage to stand up and do what is right to demand justice. Thomas Jefferson was one of the most renowned slaveholders of his day. And indeed, he knew that slavery was wrong. He knew that his own slaveholding was unjust as he wrote in 1820 about the institution of slavery and the Missouri Compromise, "...but, as it is, we have the wolf by the ear, and we can neither hold him nor safely let him go. Justice is in one scale and self-preservation in the other. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever." Commerce between master and slave is despotism. Nothing is more certainly written in the book of fate than that these people are to be free. Still, Thomas Jefferson, for all his high-flown rhetoric about freedom and equality, did not have the chutzpah to do what is right, to set an example, to work for the emancipation of enslaved peoples everywhere. It takes strength and conviction, a knowing that fears can be faced because God is our ultimate source of strength to face individual and systemic evil, oppression, and injustice. Look around. Are there any laws that need to be amended? Rules that need to be changed? Tables that need to be dismantled? or ceilings that need to be shattered around you. Perhaps God is calling you to stand up and speak out with courage. In the Gospel of Luke, we encounter Martha, a land-owning woman, who hosted Jesus in her Bethany home during a respite from all his travels. In the Acts of the Apostles, we will meet Lydia, a land-owning woman, who welcomed the Apostle Paul into her home so that he could encourage the saints in Philippi. The daughters of Zelophehad helped pave the way for countless unnamed women in the centuries that followed to own land. The laws were changed because they dared to speak up for their own rights. We stand on the shoulders of giants. Think of all the faces of our faith who went before to allow us to be where we are today. I think of Sarah Writer Major, born in 1808, who felt the call to preach while in her teens. I think of her father who encouraged her call and the unnamed elder at a New Jersey church who first called on her to preach. I think of her husband who supported her calling and I think of the brethren sent from annual conference with the assignment to silence her who had the courage instead to let her continue preaching. One of them, elder James A. Tracy, wrote, I could not give my voice to silence someone who could out-preach me. And Sarah, writer major, had the chutzpah to take on the issues of the day, speaking out against slavery and speaking for temperance. She ministered to the poor and wretched, visiting jails and hospitals, following Jesus as long as she had breath. Then there was Mattie Cunningham Dolby. Mattie Dolby was born into a brethren family, and she and her brother Joe were the first black students enrolled in Manchester College. Mattie studied Bible there and then in 1903 was sent by the denomination, along with James and Susan May, to establish a church among blacks in Palestine, Arkansas where she started a Sunday school for children. Later, she worked among black congregations in Southern Ohio, where she and her husband, Newton, were installed as deacons in the Frankfurt congregation in 1907. Four years later, the congregation called Maddie to become a minister. Because of racial prejudice, Maddie and her family left the Church of the Brethren to minister in other denominations until her death. She was humiliated by the church which nurtured her, yet forgiving, wise, encouraging others, compassionate, a constant student, a forerunner without fanfare. And I think of Anna Mao, the first female preacher I ever saw or heard. She was a seminary professor, missionary, author, and preacher. Her career spanned from her graduation from Manchester College in 1918 until she was in her 80s. She paved the way for other women in leadership. Her compassion, spirituality, humor, and courage will be long remembered. Brothers and sisters, like these sisters, like the daughters of Zelophehad, let us stand up for the right. Let us speak up when we see the need for God's hand to move. Let us seek God's justice. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for brothers and sisters of the times past who stepped up and spoke out for the cause of justice. Use us by the power of your Holy Spirit to work to make lasting changes that bear witness to your love, grace, mercy, and justice on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Kingdom of God bring forth the kingdom of mercy bring kingdom of God, bring forth the kingdom of mercy, bring forth the kingdom of peace, bring forth the kingdom of justice, bring forth the city of God.
0: Receive the benediction. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships so that you may live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. May God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, hunger, and war, so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain to joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done— to bring justice and kindness to all our children and the poor.
1: Amen.